Welcome to the Broken Campfire Podcast, featuring only two of the campfire guys this time, because me and John are just talking about the recent film, The Batman, starring The Batman. Hello. Hi. It's me, The Batman. You're The Batman? Yeah, and I'm here to talk about my movie. How did the Riddler not figure you out? Dude, dude, <laughs> you're so the obvious. That's a dumbass, dude. <laughs> so spoilers, obviously, for uh, for the Batman 2022. Not the uh, the cartoon, the animated series from like the early 2000s called the Batman. Did you ever see that? Did you ever watch that? I never watched that. Animated series? There was an animated series from the early 2000s called the Batman. With the, oh, the, the one where Joker like had like dreads and dreads. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah I've seen that. Okay. The WB. People say that's good though. People say it was good. I didn't dislike it. Thought it was fine. I think it yeah. gained a sort of, uh, sort of like, reputation over the years. It's like, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Anyway, I, we're not talking I about that. I don't know that. if there were any. Have there been any bad Batman properties? Well, oh, that's, yes. that's, that's a giant, <laughs> that's a giant net. Have there been any yeah. bad Batman uh, cartoons? Anime series solid. Uh, Batman Beyond was good. Possibly? I didn't. Not really my favorite, but uh, people like it a lot. Good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brave and the Bold, pretty cool. Yeah, I guess uh, the anime stuff has been mostly good. It's probably one we're forgetting. Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely <laughs> something in there, but yeah, mo- most Batman. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's just a hard character to fuck up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Not that that hasn't been fucked up. But. I also think that animated people, like people who do animated works, may have more respect for the comic book source material than than uh, filmmakers might. You know what I mean? Oh, for Just because sure. they're cl- maybe closer yeah. to that. Yeah. But that actually ties into it. what I wanted to start with was asking you, just out of curiosity, what is your history with the live action Batman movies? Like, how do you feel about what's come before this one? Uh, I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've seen all of them. Uh, I don't think I don't think I liked the not that I didn't think it was good I thought they were good but I don't think I liked the the Nolan trilogy as much as uh, some other people did like at the time I mean it was fucking it was some Batman hype you know phenomenon yeah Uh, and I don't even like totally disagree like I thought it was solid but like even then I was like oh these are cool movies um and then yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, even as like, yeah, I, I like Batman. I guess as far as I'm gonna say, even as like far as uh, like a superhero goes, I'm like he's cool, but like, you know, I got other people I like more, and I got people I like less. Sure. Uh, I mean, so I've also like seen them all, but like, for me, um, I like the 1989 Tim Burton film because of its sort of like. It was the first like genuine Batman film, even though by today's standards, it's, it is kind of cheesy. Oh um, yeah, for obviously. sure. That whole what would you call that a, a quadrilogy? Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, it definitely got cheesier and and well, yeah, a lot yeah, dumber very as it went along for sure. But for, Tip Burton was like a certain style that I could appreciate. Schumacher films, we know about the Schumacher films. They're you know, yeah. they're they're crazy. Um, and then, yeah, the Nolan films, I also think that I didn't, they didn't hit me in the way that they hit a lot of people. I did, of course, like them. I thought they were good. Uh, I, I enjoyed them. And I enjoyed what they sort of brought to the franchise of 
Batman that they were like very trying to be very realistic. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Well, uh, that's definitely like another that. thing is I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it was cool to see. You know, when did those movies come out? It was early two thousands, right? Yeah, they were throughout the two thousands. So, Last but one was it was it was before like the Avengers and stuff, right? Like I'm sure Iron Man maybe came out, but was yeah. it before the actual Avengers? It it overlapped with the the MCU at the end. So I think I think Dark Knight Rises came out the same year as the Avengers did. Yeah, well, I can at least appreciate it for that because you know we we've seen how much Marvel movies have taken off and how people have you know called them kind of formulaic and in a sense some of them kind of are, but you know it it. it Definitely, it, it didn't, you know, try and switch up. It's, you know, it, it's stuck to its guns. It's Batman, you know. He didn't try going uh, Schumacher, you know, with, like, the, the last mm-hmm. one or something. Uh, so I can appreciate the trilogies for that, you know what I mean? And then, like, yeah, yeah. They, they they had people take superhero movies more seriously. Uh, that, is, that is true. It, it's time, kind of it's not like they were total jokes, but it was definitely coming into that era, you know, where they were taken, you know, more more seriously like spider-man has already come out by that time you know um yeah that is a great point i think spider-man and uh the nolan batman films led the way to the mcu by, by making filmmakers realize that they could present superheroes on screen fairly realistically you know the yeah. mcu people were like oh we'll, we'll take from the ultimate universe which is more supposed to be more grounded and uh we can actually pull it off using our real world sensibilities. Yeah, for sure. And um, even though, you know, Dark Knight Rises was clearly the worst of the three, I think, uh, I think they were definitely the best that the DCU had to offer. And even uh, now, out of all DCU, of the they stand up films. pretty well, you know, cause like, they do. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, there's not much to compare it to, you know. Yeah, the Green Lantern, which they try to pretend doesn't exist, uh, <laughs> and the uh, the 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 Snyder films are are what they are. I don't I don't like them, but yeah. Um, and that, but that leads into my point. The Nolan films do. I felt it was able. To, I felt the Batman, this one, was able to draw from that slickness and the realism of the Nolan films, but sort of temper it with a. Uh, I almost want to call it like an edginess and like a, cr- a crunchiness. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say gritty because it's not like, I guess it is a little bit grittier, but yeah, I would say it's, it's, it's sort of almost, able to do that. Yeah. Almost like a, like a, like a noir kind of grit though. You know noir, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to uh, describe it. Yeah. And I would say this, I mean, I, I would, yeah, I think this, this movie, the Batman was the most grounded we've seen Batman in, in movie form. I agree. Uh, like there might have been one or two things you're like, oh, that was, that that, that that makes sense. But other than that, it was like, yeah, this this seems, you know, this seems, it, uh, yeah, like not. I want to say realistic because you know like, that can never happen. But you know, as close as you could bring like a movie to that being realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that in in that way, I felt I think it maybe felt most like. Uh, out of any of the DC movies, most like a sort of a tight, grounded comic book story, um, in a way that like, I don't know, the Nolan films still felt. It's weird though, because like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this one's so much, you know, smaller scale, really person, like intimate story." 
it's not really that much smaller scale than the Nolan films. You you could argue that, you know, one or two of the Nolan films are smaller scale than the Batman. But there's a feeling, I guess, like an atmosphere of we're on the ground level, we're in the streets, uh, we're figuring stuff out in, in digi rooms, you know? Yeah. There, there's like, like this comic book feeling to it. Yeah, I didn't take any notes, but I, I feel like, the, you know, there weren't, there weren't many locations, you know what I mean? Like it was, or like a lot of the locations were reused, you know? So maybe like that in comparison to, to some of the Nolan movies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're like revisiting, you know, cause it's a detective movie, you know, you get into the crime, you leave, you maybe come back to look for more clues, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, 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 I agree. Cause when I think of the Nolans, I think of like the set pieces and that's probably not like fair to say it's all <laughs> big big action scenes because it's not i just when i remember it i remember those things whereas when i think of the batman i think of the dingy room the dimly lit corridors and the the little like you know the, the grittiness the gritty details yeah, it was a it was a darker and i i mean in, i mean i guess in, in, in different ways but it's specifically i'm talking light it is a darker movie. In a literal sense yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. So it's probably my new favorite Batman movie right now. And I think time will tell whether that, you know, whether I retain that opinion. Yeah, that's funny. I, I, I find it hard to disagree, but also it's like, man, I actually know I probably would watch it one more time just because it was pretty cool, but I couldn't see myself watching this a lot. It was just so, okay. Was, well, my one complaint is that I, I don't think it needed to be three hours. They Probably not. They could have shaved, and I'm not saying like a bunch of time off. But there were some scenes where I was like, I didn't really need to be in there. And there was definitely a few times towards the end of the movie where I was like, all right, movie's over right here. And then it kept going. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Just like a whole nother like 20 minutes. Uh, I didn't really feel it, but I definitely understand feeling it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Um. I think I think some parts definitely could have been sort of tightened up um i don't want to i'll get into the scene when we get into spoilers i guess when we start talking about the actual movie but there's just one that i that i could have just been plucked straight out of the movie and i think it would have made it better it was just so i don't know well you know i I feel like this whole thing is spoilers you might as well just say well yeah so it's not big to whatever he catches the riddler it's the scene where the riddler's talking to the joker or whatever Uh uh-huh you know, or, you know what I mean. Like after he catches him and he throws him in Arkham, and they have the little back and forth. Yes. Uh, I thought it was just so stupid. It was just so like, oh, we're gonna bait you for the next. Like it had nothing to do with the rest of the plot. Also, it doesn't. It doesn't help that I, I, you know, I didn't care for the Eternals. But in all of the Eternals, <laughs> sure. I hated that actor the most. I, I, I don't know what else he's been in besides the Eternals. And I don't want to say I hate him because I don't know him. But I wait, which actor? He's uh he's the Irish dude in the Eternals. Uh uh I don't know his name. Irish guy who can like control people's minds. He's uh, the oh, one who's Barry playing Keonan. the Joker. Maybe. I forgot I completely forgot that that was who was playing the Joker in this. Uh and yeah, I, one, I remember I, seeing his name in the credits, but I forgot. Yeah, I I don't care for him, but I thought this whole scene was just okay. like, so baity for like, oh, maybe we'll make another one with <laughs> the Joker. Uh, I absolutely on, agree on that. Fuck point. off. Yeah, but I, I don't have heard think also, they needed the Joker at all. They're doing uh they're doing like a, a couple spinoff series, right? They're doing like a 
uh, Penguin. I don't know if it's a movie or a series. Yep. And then they're doing like an Arkham, uh, I think like a series or something with, with Jim serious. Gordon. Uh, right. So maybe maybe he was alluding to that, and that's fine or whatever. But if the next movie has a Joker, he talks about him, that's going to be a huge turnoff for me. Not that you I don't like I him, appreciate... but it's like so used. What's that? I get you. I agree. And you know what I'd appreciate is like the Joker being not a a primary villain, but he's sort of the um, he's sort of just lingering <laughs> throughout throughout whatever series is a part of or movies. He's just like in the background. He's in the tapestry of the world of Gotham City and he's just like you know his presence is felt right like he, he's he's there but he's not making big waves he's not pulling off big plans or anything like that it's yeah, just his, like his sort of period. influence of craziness yeah. is like permeating the other villains uh, goings ons you know what I mean that would that would be acceptable to me, acceptable to me as a different way to approach the Joker yeah, for sure. Sort of yeah. like um, in the uh, in the Telltale Batman series that they did, the Joker starts off as like just an inmate that you like meet as Batman, and he's not like he has yet to become the Joker. You know, the Big J. He is he is still just sort of a just a little J, a, a a little J, a minor crazy guy who seems almost like well inconsequential. But like he's non-threatening, you know what I mean? Right. He's just he's just, like he's there. just he's there. Just, yeah, yeah. And then it's only over the course of the story that there's actually this like almost bond of friendship between Batman and the Joker. But and then of course you know things turn and I believe he becomes more who he was destined to be. But something like that where he's just there, I think would be nice if anything. Yeah, I can get down with that. I just don't like the actor though. Hey, what's up you, with the I penguin? Why does he get used so much? Why is why do people think he's so cool? I think because he treads the line of like mobster and supervillain, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because no, he's he's like a kooky sixties uh not six not I don't know if he if he originated from the sixties, I think it was before that, but because he treads the line between like a Falcone and uh like a two face, where he's he's like he can could see him pull in off like a both club. the gangster. Yeah, exactly. Gangsters, he's in the iceberg have lounge. Like a crazy vehicle and like. Yeah, and he's yeah, he's I flying around in his umbrella that shoots, uh, whatever you know, shoots as a machine gun. Also, yeah, so he can kind of like live in both worlds. And he's a distinct design, you know. I don't know. Uh, I think I mean, Colin I didn't Farrell. Have a with the movie. I thought. He, I mean, did it need to be Colin Farrell? I didn't. I didn't think so. But I thought it did fine, and I didn't have a problem with him. Yeah, why not? Why not let it be Colin Farrell? Yeah, right. Like who? Fuck it. He wants to put the makeup on. That's fine. Right. Just sit in the chair, man. Uh, did you like uh, this uh, rendition, edition, whatever of uh, of Penguin? I, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think I feel the same as you. I'm like about the Penguin, maybe. Like, yeah, okay. I've never really felt one way or the other about the Penguin. I mean, I guess uh, it, and yeah, this and this yeah. version of him is like, yeah, it was it was good, it worked. It I makes think. sense for this movie. He's like you said. I mean, you I think you hit the nail on the head. He's a, a quote unquote supervillain, but he is one of the very much more grounded supervillains of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like a guy. He like runs a business. Called a penguin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, he looks a little weird. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's at his. Him. I think he's at his best in this movie when he's like, "What are you doing?" 
like in the scene where they're interrogating him and he's just yeah. like who who are you what what is this what are you doing <laughs> yeah it was good uh yeah yeah it's bad you know i was you know, a little negative nelly here or neutral you know scenes i liked a lot the uh you know when he tries to get into the club and he you know, he knocks on the door and he sees like the bouncers uh you know i do it like three different times i thought those were, were all pretty funny mm-hmm. it's like a running gag yeah nice nice running gag uh it's a good one uh well, what do you know about Falcone? I always thought like he was just because he's appeared in many, many Batman. Obviously, he's just like a you know, it's a, I don't want to call him. He's a villain. He's a villain. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always feels like a like a throwaway character. You know what I mean? Like, ah, uh, we just busted Falcone, but it was a distraction for the Riddler. It was a distraction for whoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does he ever have any like? And I don't know. You're not like a Batman encyclopedia, but. You know of him ever having any like major major arcs or anything crazy, or is he always just kind of like uh, just a crime guy that we can use for crime stuff? I really don't know shit about Falcone and Maroni. Yeah, they right. to me they always struck me though as like exactly what you're saying. Like they are so ground level, they're not super villains at all. They're firmly on the side of like I'm just running a business here. It's not legitimate, but I'm just a mobster. You know, I'm just yeah. a gangster. Um. So they they are definitely like not the kind. They're the kind that for some reason they're easy to use, so they stuck around. But they're yeah, only ever used for felt, very like, low level shit. Yeah, if you just that, need somebody to be doing a crime, like oh, one of the yeah Falcone family. Like they're, they're if you need a name for mundane crime, yeah, you pick you pick Falcone or or Maroni or whatever. They're not not as big as like the Kingpin or, or something like. Well, he's no. he's like a super villain. He's got like weird. I would say so. Stuff, yeah. Uh, but I did like uh, what, John Arturo. That's his name, right? Uh, Turturro. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did great. I mean, not like he did. Uh, he had that crazy many crazy scenes, but I thought he like looked like a you know I feel like a a Falcone or a, you know would look and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I dug him in the movie. Yeah, I think he did perfectly fine. Um, now, were, <laughs> were uh, you ahead. about to say something? I was just going to go through the cast. I was going to start going, just going through cast members out and saying oh. if you like them. <laughs> yeah, sound better. Sure, I, I was gonna, about to move on to like meteor subjects. <laughs> All right, let's let's knock out the cast since we already we did a few of them. All right, okay. so then we had uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I liked her. This is probably my the favorite thing I've ever seen her in. You know, of the things I've seen her in. Yeah, I don't I know that do I've. Well. I don't know if I've seen her in other stuff. Uh, yeah, no problem. She was, was the good. least interesting member of the wives in Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> the the only one who didn't have like a thing about oh, wow, them. There you go. You she know that, that I didn't. I didn't want to get onto a, a tangent. I didn't catch on with that movie. I think I watched it once and I was like, oh, that was cool. I really I liked it. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I've gone back and watched clips, and I was like, oh, it looks really neat. But I don't know. It just didn't catch me when I first watched through. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, yeah, Catwoman. I thought she did a good Catwoman. I had no problems with it. I thought the suit looked cool. Uh, is she... Uh, and once again, I know you're not the Batman encyclopedia, but is she <laughs> canonically, is she Falcone's daughter? No, I believe that's... An, that's I don't know if it's been in a you know a certain continuity right, well, yeah, before, maybe if, or if it's yeah, a completely it's original right. idea. But as far as I know, it's original it's to this from movie. From the new Fifty Two, right. apparently. All right, yeah. I mean, I didn't have any problem with that. I thought it worked. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, why not tie little things together? This is a 
completely new continuity. You can kind of just do whatever you want while trying to stay mostly true to the source material um, yeah. and what's come before. So why not do something like that? Gives a little bit more of a personal stake. Yeah. Who uh, who played Alfred? That was uh, uh, Andy Serkis. That's, that's, yes, that's Gollum, right? That is Gollum. That is Gollum. That is King Kong. That is uh, Claw from the MCU. He's King um, Kong too? Fuck. Oh yeah, Bad yeah. Ass, dude. I mean, so cool. the work with Peter Jackson, right? You know, and he played um, Caesar in the the Planet of the Apes movies, the new ones. That's sick. All right. Anyways, yep. I thought he did good, Alfred. Uh, man, Bruce is a real asshole to Alfred in this movie. <laughs> he definitely was. Even during the scene where he's supposed dude, to be like right reconciling was, with him, he I barely he acknowledges that. I, I, I really did. I I thought he was gonna be like, oh, it's the scene where they get together. And he's like, you lied to me, Alfred. Like, fuck, dude. He just woke up. <laughs> he just woke up from a coma, and you're already accusing him on yeah. the word of a of a mobster, right? Who has every reason to lie to you. Jeez. Oh, but he was a fine Alfred. I mean, he wasn't like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was, they, they didn't have much to do, but he was Alfred. Yeah, he's more of the... Um, like, dad Alfred. You know, Alfred has been has been portrayed differently in different mediums and different stories, obviously. But, like, there's certain continuities in which he's more of a, like, a retired badass. You know, he was like yeah, an, like an army the, retired SAS. Or like, yeah, like SAS. Yeah. Exactly. And so this is more of that... that I was a badass at one point in my life, kind of Alfred. Yeah. So he's like decrypting shit, uh, cracking codes in this one. Probably wow. handle himself in a fight. Probably taught Bruce how to fight, you know, initially. Yeah, he could take an explosion. He could take tank an explosion, yeah. Yeah. And just survive it. Uh, moving our way up, well, we got the last two, right? We got uh, the Mano himself, Paul Dano. <laughs> Ooh, I thought how did you pray. feel about first of all what'd you say you thought he was great i like paul i like his face i like i do paul like dano. Paul dano. <laughs> i thought he did good in this role i thought yeah i thought he was fine or no i know i think fine i thought he was good i thought he was, did, did great <laughs> i liked him i, like I wanted dano. to ask how you felt about a very particular character trait that he was doing which is the elongating certain screams or screaming scream elongating certain vowels I noticed or that. like parts of words. And uh, how did you feel about that? I thought it was, I thought it was funny. At first, <laughs> I was like, "Hmm, it's interesting." Then I, I don't know. I thought it was. It reminded me of. Uh, uh, I don't think it was Paul Dano, but it's a different movie. I'm gonna try and look it up while we're talking. I don't want to take any time up. Uh, but, but it reminded me of a character that I thought was Paul Dano in a different movie, and I was like, "Oh, okay, doing that." Okay. Uh, but overall, I liked his performance. Uh, and I, I like the Riddler in this movie. What, what, did, you, what did you think? Yeah, I, I think I liked him best when he's like... Um, I liked when he was sort of that the fumbling murderer. You know what I mean? Like when he's actually committing the crimes, he is very uncoordinated and clearly not experienced. Uh, yeah, but has sure. this sort of like manic, crazed energy about him. Uh and yeah, then, and even from the very first scene, it was it was like that. During during the you know the the video recordings that he does or the like the the streaming he does, there's sort of a um, a a Joker from the Dark Knight esque energy about him, where he's like the the close ups and the sort of shakiness and the the crazed uh, 
affect he puts to his voice. But what I actually really do like is that they then sort of contextualize that uh, later on in the movie by showing you what he's like uh, sort of behind the scenes of those recordings when he's talking to his followers. And he's like yeah, essentially just acting like a streamer where he's like, hey, guys, you know, thanks for all the support. Thanks for the likes and comments. You know, you're the reason I do this. And I'm glad, you know, we're finally at the end game. <laughs> you know, he's like, we're well, seeing yeah. the real Edward and he's much more reserved and low key. And so we recognize now, oh, that's a persona that he is ad- adopting for these, you know, f- public facing Batman facing recordings. And I like that actually a lot that he's putting that on. I think that adds to his character. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I thought his outfit looked cool. I, I found the movie. It was Prisoners uh, starring... Uh, oh, yeah. Jackson. I like Prisoners. Yeah, Paul Dano's in it. He's the guy they like kidnap and torture. Accused, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of that performance a little bit. I think he did a little sure, bit of that sure. elongation in, in that. I don't know. Okay. Or at least it reminded me of that performance. Oh, I, I, I need to watch it. that again sometime. Uh, I've only seen it once. It's disturbing watching him beat up Paul Dano and the poor Paul. Uh, what, what did you think of the the, the vowel elongation? Because it was definitely, like I said, it was hundred percent like noticeable. I was like, uh, that's like a. a I think trait. I got the same value out of it that you did. I kind of was just finding it humorous. No. Um, <laughs> it I reminded think... me of something like Rick and Morty or something. I don't know, like a character like freaking like a out. Justin Roiland. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of tread the line. Like it was very on the fence for me whether it was too much. I'll be honest, but yeah, like no, for sure. I think I think at the end of the day, I did get the same value that you got out of it, which is kind of like just it was that that was that part was kind of humorous to me. But in like a, I guess it still is applicable for the character way. Yeah, you know that oh. he would be just like socially awkward and and would be freaked out and. Almost like his mind would be racing faster than he could speak or something like that. Shattering. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, what? We got Batman. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, I got nothing bad. I thought he did a good job in Batman. I thought he did a good job on uh, Bruce Wayne. I, I've liked him in most things I've seen with him ever since Twilight. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I never, well, I mean, obviously, it's not really my thing. I never watch his movies. Uh, uh, I'm not a weirdo. I'm not going to hate on someone because of like a movie series they did. Uh, no, no. Well, you're yeah, yeah, not that. Yeah, and you did. I know a lot of people. They were like, by the way, he do Batman. He, you know, he was in Twilight. Right. What the hell? It's like, what? Tell my Joker was in Brokeback Mountain. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, they're actors. That's what they fuck. <laughs> that's what they literally do. They act like what? That is true. It's such a crazy argument. Uh, and yeah, specifically, I, I meant since Twilight, like after, po- like well, post Twilight, yeah, yeah, yeah. his what career has been pretty like good. You, I, you know, I was just saying that was like a big kind of discussion, you know, when he first yes. was announced, you know. Uh, and that, like, you know, we we know that that sort of discussion is even kind of played out at this point. I think he's proven himself more oh, than sure. enough at this point. <laughs> you know, he's past that. Um, yeah. And I, I think he, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel. I think even more so because I'm looking forward to see. To seeing a uh, a more well-rounded like Bruce Wayne, um, and when in he's this, not always in this at heat, Alfred. <laughs> yeah, I could do with less of that, and like he's hopefully learned that lesson. Uh, and I could see him being like in this movie. He's definitely 
only Batman. Like, even as Bruce Wayne, he is still Batman. So I'm looking forward to the next movie where he's, like, learned to be a little bit more Bruce Wayne as well. And that kind of gets into a point that I that I do want to get into later. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I mean, that's, uh, that's the main cast, right? We went over everyone. Hmm. Uh... Yeah, I mean, overall, I don't have anything bad to say about them. They're they're pretty good. There's, I don't think there was any hanger outs or was like, oh, that person did not need to be in this movie. Uh, that's what I gotta say about that. Also, his um, Pattinson's Batman voice. I'm glad that they didn't go for growl and they didn't go for artificially um, like processed like the uh, BVS or something like that. They just had him speak in sort of a slightly lower register than he may speak as. Uh, that he a lower register than he may speak with as Bruce Wayne you know it's basically the same voice just just he's affecting a little bit of a a lower register yeah just enough to throw him off just enough it's like the glasses on Clark Kent just enough and the hunch and the baggy clothes yeah so yeah um I think I have more negatives to say about the movie than positives but this is, you know, I want to couch that all in like, this is also probably my new favorite Batman movie. So whatever negatives I have to say are very much sort of, uh, you know, countered, counteracted by how positive I feel about the movie in general. Yeah, I. Overall, I'm pretty positive about it. I mean, there was, you know. There was like one scene that I was like, why'd they do that? That's just like, there's so many other ways they could have done it that wouldn't have really been any more difficult, but it just, you know, when that bomb went off in his face, why did it have to go off yes. right in his face? Why didn't he like put his cape up or something? That was so dumb. Like, I agree. Still just a person. And then they took him all the way back to Gotham PD and didn't take his mask off. I thought that whole transition, I thought they had them capturing him. It was weird, right? Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I, I thought about this and I forgot about it. I'm thinking about it again. But he got knocked out. They capture him. He's in Gotham PD. He escapes. All the cops in like the universe are after him. And then next time he sees him, they're like mostly cool with him, right? They're just like, ah, oh, he's, he's Batman. <laughs> yeah, he he essentially broke out of their custody. Yeah. Yeah, he just ran. Like everyone was. I feel like they could have they could have lost that scene where they dragged him back. Uh, I think so too. We got them, PD. I feel like it was just weird, and yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that thing exploded. Like he could have like thrown his cape up and got like knocked back, but that thing exploded like directly in his face. Yeah, first of all, he could have at all tried to avoid the explosion. He definitely knew was coming and had ample time to prepare for. Like, and second of all, time. they could have shown some wear and tear on him after an explosion going off in his face, but they didn't. Instead, he's basically completely fine. And no damage to his suit, no damage to his exposed face region. Uh, he's right. he's just like yeah, uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that, I think that nothing. was like the one part of the movie where I was like, why did they do that? Like everything else is so cool up until here. I and agree. Just some weird shit. It is weird, especially with the context that you bring up. That the, afterwards they're just fine with him. <laughs> they're yeah. like, eh. and like they didn't take well, his mask he, off. He got us that time. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. That's um, a. Some of the some of the bad technology has the, uh, the the contacts. I thought those were super cool. I don't know if that's 
in the realm of that sounds like some future tech that's impossible but they made they made it look like realistic like enough mm-hmm. or like it wasn't like it's all super god technology you know when the music was kind of bumping it and messed with it you know what i mean it wasn't like yeah it wasn't unbelievable it was like yeah this doesn't seem like anyone could have this but like maybe batman could have this yeah it was like just close enough like five minutes into the future kind of tech yeah, where for, yeah you yeah, can see coming around the corner and it's uh, it's still vulnerable to certain things, and it's not perfect. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I also like how his only real batarang is basically just a bat-shaped dagger that he keeps embedded in his breastplate. He like he doesn't he's not throwing around these boomerangs all over the place and catching them again or something like that. He's just got a bat-shaped sword in his chest, you know. Yeah. And he pulls you- it out for special occasions. How'd you feel about him taking that out? Because I honestly, up until that point, I didn't, I completely did not notice him not, oh, you know, no. he had enough gadgets. I wasn't like, where's the Batarang? Uh, no, I wasn't thinking out, about it. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I, like, I didn't hate it, but I was like, did he need to do that? Well, I, I see it as like, it's the kind of thing that he doesn't really have a purpose for most of the time, but it's like having a Bowie knife on you. It's just a nice thing to have if you need to cut yeah. something or have a, an edged weapon of some sort and so it's like a it's like a very singular item and it's not like he just has 50 batarangs in his belt or something yeah, like th- that there could be some lore behind that too because i have this weird specific memory of uh playing arkham whatever the last arkham knight and there's actually a plot mm-hmm. point where uh jim shoots batman in the chest because you find out that's his most, like directly in the Batarang, you find yes. out that's the most heavily armored part of his suit. Oh, um, yeah. That's been a thing in Batman lore for quite a while. I don't know where it originated, but basically that Batman puts his symbol. It's a retroactive explanation, obviously, but uh, he puts his the Bat's symbol on his chest as like a target so that uh, people like are naturally part. drawn to it to shoot gotcha. at. And uh, he then the, he pads that part the most, or he makes that the most armored portion of his suit, uh, so that the fire is drawn towards the most armored portion of his suit. All right, I dig it. I buy it. I think it was. I think it was uh, originated as an excuse for why the during the period where Batman had a big yellow circle around the bat symbol on his chest, it was like, why would he do that? Oh, it's because he wants to. He's, <laughs> he's making that a target. And he actually he prepared for that by making he's that almost armor. fun with them. <laughs> Here you go. Shoot at this. Yeah. Uh, but in this, he was like super armored. Like he, he passed Kevlar, passed any sort of like damage sponging. It was just straight up deflecting bullets all over the place. Like yeah, the only real was... thing that got through to him, his body was like a, a, sh- a point blank shotgun blast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Let me ask you a thing of that. So, uh, I mean, we're skipping all over the place. No, that's fine. Uh, at the end of the movie, yeah, he got shot. He was all slammed up. Do you think that was adrenaline he pulled out? Or do you think that's some sort of uh, little hint future towards, like, maybe some sort of venom serum in the future? You know, he jabbed his mm-hmm. leg with. Well, it was bright green. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the fuck adrenaline looks like. Obviously, it looks right. you know it looks some funky as hell. But you know they didn't talk about it before or after. Uh, I could yeah, see for all we know, that's a little way. Could be, could be. I mean, I think it's like you know, 
Or it um, could have just been that. It could have just been like a small little nod and that's like, you know, an Easter egg, whatever. You know what I mean? You don't think it was just lime Gatorade? <laughs> I, would, I, I would actually like that explanation better. Maybe than you just was, needed uh, electrolytes. Venom. You ever think yeah. of that? Yeah, how'd you, how'd you feel about that scene? The whole, that whole scene. Well, I guess the whole scenes. Um, you know, the people shelter in that building and like then, uh, you know, them shooting down and Batman fighting them. Um, That's part of the movie. I've, I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, but like, I felt like the movie, I don't know, could have ended before that. So this... I guess this kind of ties into like the the main thesis point that I wanted to make about the entire movie. Um, first of all, uh, one more thing I wanted to say about the bat suit. By the way, I just I like the design of it. Uh, oh, for sure, I like the, the gadgets too, the tasers. And the- yeah, yeah. I, I like the shape of the bat suit and like the the armoring did look cool. Um, and the, the high cuts on his mask, like like the high cuts on the the cheekbone area. Was sort of a distinct new look for for a Batman on screen, and I I, I liked I liked them going in that direction. I think yeah. I think they probably molded that to like Pattinson's features, and it did work for me. Um, I think uh, real quick while we're on that, I think that sure. while the most grounded, I thought that this Batmobile looked the least cool. I get that. Which would, I mean, which, and they weren't going for you know anything crazy high tech, so it was fine. I mean, fine, anything looked bad, but like. Yeah, just a car. It is a cool muscle car. car. Yeah. I do like muscle cars. Um, it's it's not a tank like the tumbler. Yeah, it ain't, you know, sure like ain't a, no tumbler. It ain't no a super uh, smooth thing like from the uh, the, the bird films or the around, yeah. animated. Yeah. Uh, although it did have like a little rocket thing in the back, like the it did like have the older, a rocket engine, ones. which reminded me of like an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, where they just like strapped the rocket onto the back of Carl's car. <laughs> I guess they all kind of have something. that. Okay, even the tumbler kind of had that, right? To like jump over the gaps because it was like yeah, a bridge the tumbler just repairing looks so bigger, you know. Tank. Yeah, and it you know it depends on your your subjective sensibilities about what type of Batmobile you'd prefer Batman to drive. Because yeah, there's been yeah. a billion Batmobiles over the years in every sort of medium, and it's just like there's no canon Batmobile. It's just kind of whatever the current creator wants the Batmobile to look like or think looks cool to them, you know. So sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't with particular people. I do like muscle cars, so but but I get I totally get that. Um anyway, to to get to my main like thrust, which will tie into the ending here, um, that that scene you were talking about. I liked that it was mostly a detective story. That's what they promised, and I, I, I appreciated that. I liked Batman's arc in the movie where he learns that he can't just be a reactive vengeance punch man to everything that he has to be more than that. You know, like he has to be more inspiring than punishing. Yeah. Uh, I appreciated that arc. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. However, I do think that it was sort of hamstrung by a critical deficiency that I, I think I can describe the facets of here. One thing is that I totally expected the film to be leading towards Batman recognizing that he needs to indulge the Bruce Wayne billionaire persona to have a a, a well-rounded effect on the city of Gotham. 
Because throughout the movie, characters, you know, like the new mayor, they're throwing out hints that he could be doing so much more for the city. And other and other people are like, oh, you're just hiding away in your penthouse. You know, you're sulking in your piles of cash. And that's yeah, even like the... Yeah, machine in months or whatever. Exactly. And he, that's even part of the Riddler's... Uh, the Riddler's... The Riddler's entire villain motivation is that like he, you know... Yeah, that's why he got on the shit list. He's, you know. Exactly. That he was like, the, everything he says about Bruce Wayne in the scene where he's talking about Bruce Wayne, where he's like, you know, you had money to fall back on, essentially. Like you, you were, you were crying, but you, you know, you were crying alone, orphan, whatever, but you're not a real orphan because you weren't in the shit and the muck like me and the other uh, shitty, shitty orphans were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, mob. And, uh, so I fully expected part of the lesson for Bruce to be that he needed to be a Wayne, you know, and he needed to be philanthropic. He needed to get out there into the world without the mask. You know, like part of the whole point that Riddler makes is like the mask is the real you. Uh, I know, you know, I, I know you because I know that this is you with the mask on. You're, you're Batman. Um, it doesn't matter who you are under there. And I, I felt like that should have been a turning point for for Bruce to realize, like, oh, he's right, but that's not like a good thing. <laughs> like, I can't just be this punishing vengeance persona that stalks the night. That's he kind of learns that, but I don't feel like it was enough. There wasn't a big turnaround. Yeah, it was like a big scene him, Bruce Wayne, like handing a check over, you know, saying, "Yeah, like, I'm gonna save the city," or just like talking, talking to Alfred maybe, and being like, you know, I can do more. I can, I can yeah, or like, yeah, like him, like, or like even like a scene of him, like, uh, restarting or like funding the orphanage or something, you know, as Bruce yeah, Wayne. Yeah, that would have been uh, great. I got to come out of the shadows a little bit, you know, and yeah. help people in, in every way I can. Because uh, people are telling him that he needs to basically throughout the movie. So I felt I, I, that seemed like they were building up to something. Um, Essentially, for him to become the the dual identity character that we're accustomed to with Batman, where he's both Batman and Bruce Wayne, but the but Bruce Wayne is like a persona that he puts on. It's like another form of mask. Um, but after all the buildup, I I feel like we never really got there or or had him realize that much more than just like oh I can't be just vengeance. I have to be you know better than that. It, it feels like something that they're saving entirely for the sequel. Which makes all the clues in this movie kind of lead to nothing, uh, which is not the greatest way to end the arc that you have been setting up. And I really do feel that, like I that that was very prominent to me. And secondly, even though it was a, tech, a detective story, I don't feel that Batman ever really got ahead of the mystery in any way. If you know what I mean, like he was constantly just reacting and responding. To whatever was yeah. happening. Yeah, he was definitely getting trailed along the whole... I mean, he did, That's I mean, a good way to put it. can't show that again. He did get played, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, Riddler's supposed to be, like, super genius smarter than him. But it's like... I mean, granted, he was able to solve those riddles <laughs> very quickly, which is supposed to, I guess, supposed to demonstrate his, like, mental acumen and his, his training, um, his intelligence... But in terms of ever turning the corner into proactivity and uh, turning the tables on the villains, he never really does. I mean, I mean, maybe barely at the end with the scene you, you were talking about. 
Oh, wait, yeah, the Riddler finally like, catches like, up. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, the Riddler got caught because, I mean, seemingly because he wanted to get caught. You know what I mean? Yeah, basically. Uh, and yeah, the only way the Batman kind of got one over on him is like through his brute strength and beating the shit out of the guys, you know, that he <laughs> convinced to, to shoot, which I guess maybe is fine. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of would. I'm not disappointed because it's a different way to do things and I'm always down mm-hmm. to see different stuff. But I was waiting for that. I mean, I was surprised when the the bombs went off and the city started flooding, you know, because I thought... Yeah, it just know, happens. Like, I thought that, like, maybe that's what Paul Dan was thinking in his head and then Batman was going to step in with his, oh, but actually, Same. I already stepped in and defused him. And Same. yeah, we didn't get that scene. And I mean, what, it's just fine because I was expecting it and it was cool to see something else. Also, I was really wanting to see that. It's like Batman is the equivalent of a guy who's really good at trivia, but uh, couldn't be creative to save his life. Like he's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 solving the clues, but not solving the puzzle. Well, yeah, and and, and it, it almost yeah. gets the city like destroyed and tons of people killed. Well, yeah, until and, he like and, barely scrapes by. Terms of like you know everything's more grounded in this movie. Even you know Batman's kind of sometimes super intelligence is grounded. Like they fucked up that whole Spanish thing, and that's like super. <laughs> I mean, they could have just put it in Google Translate or something. So mm-hmm. it's like yeah, I mean you know Batman obviously is an intelligent young man, but he's not like this you know god level on you know uh, you know can can get the dark side equation in his head or whatever. You know what I mean like. He's just like a normal guy, but he's smart, and I I appreciated that too. I guess. No, yeah, I I would I, I was fine with that, and I would have been more fine with that if there had been sort of a a turning point, like we're saying, like yeah, yeah if there yeah, had yeah, been a, sure. a, a turnaround where he's like, okay, I I get it, I'm I'm stepping ahead of this, uh, I, I'm thinking now, you know, two steps ahead instead of just like I'm on the same pace. Because uh, that yeah. that's more like comic Batman in his good stories, where he's like behind the curve while he figures the mystery out, right up until he's not, and then he gets out ahead of the villain who acts all surprised and foiled. And you know, Riddler kind of does act that way in the movie, but it almost doesn't feel earned. It, yeah, like Batman barely catches up with his wanted. plan and barely yeah. stops it with like brute force, and Riddler's like freaking out in his cell having a, a spastic attack because he's like gets he's gotten foiled even though it was yeah. like the bare minimum that batman has done well the well, his main exactly freak out was just because he thought batman would be on his side right he was like oh yeah, i mean you true. were gonna watch you know the explosion from here and batman was like no nah, dude you're a loser mm-hmm. yeah and then he started freaking out so it's like you think like, I would yeah, go like, out with a loser like, like you? That was Batman's big like burn on this guy, like getting ahead of him. Like, oh, no, dude, you're stupid. I don't want to hang out with you. It really does be like that, doesn't it? In that scene, like he's not even he's not refuting anything the Riddler's saying. He's just like, no, you're dumb. Yeah, you're a nerd, like, idiot. I did like that scene though. I, yeah, I, I, you know, the more you think, I think about the the Riddler's reaction is crazy, drawn out. I think yeah. I did like it because it was such a small thing, like. You know, Batman was just like, dude, you're fucking crazy. And he just lost. He's like, like his whole plan, <laughs> he just thought him and Batman were going to be best friends. Yeah, it really demonstrates that, he, you know, this is a delusional character who had yeah. this whole worldview that, like, was not reality. And he's just like, he's lost in the lost in the sauce. He's lost in the delusion. And, uh, and the, you know, Batman just 
finally finally they're talking face to face instead of Riddler basically talking at Batman through like recordings and stuff and reality he's confronted by reality and he's you know that so that's yeah that works you know him, yeah. him his worldview is shattered I really like um, that scene too there was uh you know there's kind of like a tense moment where it seemed like he knew who Batman was oh yeah uh, and you're like, I mean, I mean, it really made it, even through the dialogue, like, oh fuck. And then there's just that like one line where he, they're talking about like Bruce Wayne or something, and he keeps saying like Bruce Wayne. He keeps looking at him. He's getting more mad, and you're like, dude, is he gonna freak out because he knows? And then he's like, I guess we let him. He says something like we let him get away or something. He's like, oh, the only one on the list who got away. And then you know, Batman realizes he had to know who he is. That was a totally. I thought it was a great tense scene. I think that may have been. Uh, Robert Pattinson's best scene acting wise because he's like his face just his expressions are like he's like showing fear for the first time in the entire movie and it's because see his brain like racing like he's like what do I do right now do I have to take him out or do I just run away (laughs) like what like what do I you almost think maybe he's just gonna be like you know you got me or something like that but also he does he totally doesn't want to to me I was reading it as like it's because he fully expects that he's about to be exposed, and that means he won't be able to be Batman anymore, but that's like who he is right now. That's all of who he is right now. So if he can't be Batman, he's basically done. He's destroyed, you know? Yeah, so like, like he, he was his on the edge of heaven be... like, a, like a moment like the Joker did like a second ago where he was about to just freak out. Yeah. He, yeah, he was like almost, on, he was on the verge of having like a Riddler freak out. Because Not of what Riddler sure. was doing right before he makes Riddler have a Riddler freak out because of what he did. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I like that scene a lot. And yeah, the, 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 you know, the change went over that overtakes him when he's like, he doesn't know. That's great. That's good. Uh, yeah, another another. Now that we're nitpicking, uh, now that we've been nitpicking, there was this. All right, so the mayor got in the, the very end. The mayor got shot in the stomach, and then she seemed to be completely fine afterwards. Like, cause yeah, shot in the stomach, and then she was like one of the people Batman like helped from like the water. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she was in that water for a while, dude, and she got shot in the gut with like a rifle. Her like, wound might go people, septic. You think? Yeah. Yeah, or, like you're just gonna bleed out. Like she wasn't like a big person, and that was like, a rifle that shot her. It wasn't like a little. Little tiny handgun or anything. Uh, I I don't. I, I was yeah. like when she brought her out. I was like, how the fuck is she alive? The only thing I can think of is that maybe off screen while Batman was fighting people, she got like yeah. bandaged up by her aides or something like that. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's possible. I think it's one of those things you're not supposed to think about. It's like, oh, she got shot, which demonstrates the danger. But after that, it's like, no, she's rescued. It's fine. <laughs> oh, we fine. fucked up, dude. Or I don't know. Do we? We didn't talk about. Do we talk about Jim Gordon? I thought he was good. I liked him. Oh, yeah. I was expecting you to mention him, but you kept mentioning other characters. Yeah. And so I forgot by the time we finished the cast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright, of course. Uh, um, in a lot of the movie, more than I expected or would have expected. And I really liked his uh, his relationship with Batman. I You know, I liked that dynamic that he's there the yeah. whole time. Yeah, I thought he did good. And he, yeah, and he's getting uh, like a spinoff, too, I think. Yeah, there's like, like a, a GCPD series. thing happening too, I think. Yeah. I thought he did a good job. He had like a catchphrase. You notice the amount of times he said, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real religious guy. Real religious, Gordon. And he's not, you know... So that's another thing I liked. I liked that this was two years into Batman's career. 
So we're like past the origin story, but he's also still learning. And he's so mm-hmm. it, I think it provides a great platform for us to still have a character who's developing while not being too fresh that he's like making all these sorts of mistakes and stuff like that. And so that puts him in a place where you can have Gordon still not yet be the commissioner. Uh, so he's like still Lieutenant Gordon or whatever. Uh, so he's not the boss. He's not, can't make all the decisions, but he's not he's is at the point where even at the beginning of the movie, he has already set up the bat signal and that kind of thing. Like, so he's already established a relationship with this vigilante and uh, they they we see their relationship and their, their bonding happening and their, their trust in one another. They become the only person that the other person can trust essentially by the end, which is pretty, pretty fun, pretty funny. Yeah. I thought they had good back and forth, but they, they worked well together. The two actors. The Gordon literally says like, no, I trust you. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, that's so sweet. <laughs> Um, um, anything else that really popped out? Okay. I like the Riddler's little outfit, little, little uh, Zodiac Killer outfit. Yeah, it was. You know, creepy. it was very much a departure from what we usually see with the Riddler, even in live action. I mean, you have the Jim Carrey uh, uh, question mark spandex, which is you know that's the camp direction, and then you have like more you know, the green suits and stuff that he usually wears. And you got the trademark bowler hat. None of that shit. In this, we're going straight up, like, internet serial killer vibes. Uh, Is this the darkest the Riddler's ever been? I think so. I think so. Like, even in the comics, you know, I'm not... I know a little about Batman. Even the comics, I feel like mostly he's... I don't know. I don't want to say harmless, because I'm sure he puts some bombs in places. But he's, he's definitely not, like... Gonna hide in the mayor's house and bludgeon him with the carpentry tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's definitely usually treated as one of the most harmless villains, just because his goal is not, you know, anarchy, destruction, or or great thievery or anything like that. His his goal to, is usually to match wits, cross wits, and uh, you know, mess with people and uh, outsmart the Batman. Outsmart, yeah, and you know, if and if he makes profit, that's cool. But right. it seems like at the end of the day, his goal, I mean, the way he's been developed over the years, I think, I think the, the, the sort of core of Riddler is, is that, uh, dynamic with Batman and also yeah, well, he's probably got to do crazy shit, right. To get Batman. Cause if you just sent like Batman a riddle, like he's like, Batman would just throw this. it out. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if he's I'm got, not like, doing people this. <laughs> hostage, yeah, he's like, ah, oh, God damn it. I gotta do it. Right. Right. So yeah, I get not, you know, the Riddler trophies wouldn't really work in reality because <laughs> yeah. Batman has better things to do than go hunting for Riddler trophies. Um, so yeah, very different take, very different costume. Um, and I, you know, that contributes to that, that greediness of, of this movie. And, uh, I don't think it went too far. I think it was fair to do, to do a certain, new spin on the character, take it in a, a different direction, make him sort of a a child of the modern internet age and and a, a product of of uh modern neglect and and suffering. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like them. I like his outfit, I like his thing. Like his little Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing. Recruiting people in his uh, little online 
creepy forums. Yeah, it was. A, I liked that. It was a different take on the. Usually, these villains are just like I hired a bunch of goons from Goon Inc. You know, yeah, yeah, the, exactly. From the Goon version of Monster.com or something like that. So there's just but like no, one in this one, it's like, like walking in a shady alley, like talking to yeah. three guys, like, "Would you like to make some money?" <laughs> And then they all put on their Riddler costumes. Yeah. But in this one, yeah, it was a different way to approach that, to get that. The a Riddler little silly. Game. You get that many yeah, people but, you to know, do that. But, you know, no, yeah, certainly better than, yeah. The the Goons growing incel threat <laughs> that yeah. the government's so worried about. Um, I did think about uh, where we t- while we were talking, in terms of the technical aspects of the film, a lot of good stuff there. I mean, the 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 goddamn cinematography and sound design so good in my opinion oh yeah um, yeah the sound design was great you know batman with big ass heavy boots you know coming oof, out of the dark yeah. loved it uh, i mean i saw it in sure. imax so you know surely that contributed to the the robustness of those aspects for me but there are so many good shots and visuals in the film and the raw punch of all the all the foley I think contributes so well to the the impact of of every action in the film. As you said, Batman's footsteps, so he's coming out of the dark. Those are great scenes, by the way. Like anytime he's approaching, just like yeah, the menace and intimidation. It's 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 a very it's something we kind of haven't seen before, really. Like usually he's swooping in or dropping in or something like that. He's more of a a lurking bat presence in the shadows. Yeah, or you'll kind in of this, see from his just, point of view, like him stalking yeah, people. Yeah, from above, stalking. Yeah, and this, it's, you know, their point of view. And they're like, what is coming towards us right now? He is, he is like, <laughs> you know, he's making himself, his presence, he's making himself known. And it, to, to like drive, instill that fear into the hearts of the criminals. So it's a, yeah, it's a different, it's a different uh, approach. And I liked it. And the, the introduction of the Batmobile. You know, maybe maybe a touch too long that they're all just standing there, but yeah. the way they portrayed it was like so uh <laughs> so uh pounding and and like growly and like like a monster revving up its engines. Yeah, they they, they definitely were like, Alright, how can we translate this, you know, Batman walking out scene to, you know, the, the Batmobile? Uh and they, mm-hmm. I think they did a good job on it too. He's not just hopping into the top of the canopy and then going for yeah, a Sunday sorry, drive. Taking it's like, off, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think the car chase was a little silly just because of how much collateral damage it causes when all Batman needed to do was just hold off, let Penguin escape, and then tail him, and then capture him when he's let down his guard. But it can be forgiven for the sake of a cool chase scene. So, you know, whatever. And the uh, the score was also very good. I thought. I mean, it was it was well utilized at those key moments of like action or emotion, and it was like actual score instead of just being like, um, soundtrack or whatever. Sound like not not just like tones. <laughs> it could have right. easily been just like like uh, muted and 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 almost imperceptible, but it actually did kick in and kick up during during those critical moments. Uh, and it was a good score. I thought I, th- I liked the music, and not to say that previous Batman films have been like that, have been just tones, because you can you can think of the Nolan films and hear that like dun dun dun, you know, like when the during yeah. the action scene kickups, and of course like the the Danny Elfman score is iconic. But 
Uh, I'm just, I'm not even saying comparison. I'm just saying I did I did also like the music in this. Yeah. So I could uh, I don't know. We've been going for a good hour. I do have a question for you, a sort of thought experiment. Ooh, all right, all right, I'm in. What primary Batman villain would you choose to be in a sequel if you could, or if you had to? In this grounded world? In this grounded world. Man. You know, my initial thought, and I, I'm not even sure why, I wanted to say Calendar Man, but it would have been <laughs> the same. He would have been like a Zodiac Killer. In fact, I, I like sure. the Riddler, but I almost think it would have been cool. I mean, no one knows who Calendar Man is. I think it would have been almost cool if they did use Calendar Man as this Zodiac Killer type villain. <laughs> because people would be like, what? Calendar Man? Who's that? Uh... Man, I don't know, with this grounded world, I mean, Scarecrow is a cool option because you could still have this grounded world, but in the Scarecrow Toxin, you could do, like, more crazy set pieces and, and, and more kind of wacky characters. I think that probably, yeah, now that you mention it, I think that probably would be, like, the front runner for the sequel. Because just because, like you said, of the, you could still have it be grounded, but still do crazy shit with the Fear Toxin. I'm, I'm yeah. with you there. Um, I, I so yeah, once I wouldn't want, I don't want to see Bane, fair, I wouldn't want to see the Joker, fair. Uh, oh, maybe, uh, maybe Hugo Strange. I don't know, I don't know how they'd work him in there. I'm just trying to think of more grounded characters. Like, I'm not gonna pick like a Mr. Freeze or like a Clayface because I don't know how they would work, but <laughs> now, yeah. okay, so. One thing I could see, if they were willing to do, like, actual superhuman abilities, which I'm fine with, uh, you can still make it grounded, just like, you know. Yeah, I, no, I don't mind sure. them having, like, supervillainous stuff. That's 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 okay with me. Um, doesn't have to be a completely mundane world. So, the like, the original Clayface, um, I think it's the first one, who is, like, an actor or a former stage actor before it became Clayface. And so... He has acting chops and he can transform or mold himself to look like whoever he wants. So I could see that being like a a really interesting game of cat and mouse between between he and Batman, where he's like, I don't know what plan he would have or whatever, like his motivation, but I could see him uh, being the guy who is not able to maybe contend with Batman in terms of like physical prowess but he can slip away easily. He can escape, get away. He can, he can, uh, you know, duck around Batman because basically because he can change himself to look like anybody. So it's a game of like, who can you trust? And, uh, like I have to be like for Batman, I have to be very perceptive about everything that's going around around me. I have to really get into his, his mindset to like figure out where to make him, where to, catch him when he slips up you know because he can look like anybody i can't trust my senses um yeah that, that could be that's cool the only way one. i could see them doing Clayface. what about uh and i don't know a crazy amount about him but what about hush you think that would be cool i said didn't he like, yeah i mean so a crazy guy who pretends to be like bruce wayne's brother or something or pretends to be bruce wayne he was bruce wayne's best friend in childhood i mean when they introduced hush he, he's actually a character from like the 2000s um, when they introduced him, he was retconned into being Bruce Wayne's childhood friend and like perhaps best friend 
who had just never appeared up to that point in the continuity. He's, uh, he's uh, on vacation. Yeah, he's on vacation that whole time. And he's a doctor, a surgeon. Um, and he his basic thing is just like that he's he puts on a facade of being a normal person, but underneath he is super messed up and very sociopathic. If I, I mean, oh, he's American psycho? psychopathic, essentially. Yeah. Uh, where underneath everything, he is like uh, very, um, <laughs> very psychotically upset at Bruce Wayne for like what he perceives as as ruining something for him. And so I like I never really got the appeal of Hush. And I don't know how interesting that would be as like a story, but I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, disregard someone trying to do a take on that sort of character. I don't know what you would do with him exactly to make it better, but like maybe that's that's a big maybe for me. Yeah, I'm just trying to list like I'm just trying to avoid people they've done already. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I could see them. I could very much see them doing like a Court of Owls thing. Uh, do you know the Court of Owls? I've heard a little bit about it, and I've heard that like the new Batman games be based on it, but I don't know. It's oh, basically yeah. like kind of like an Illuminati of like Gotham or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Basically, an, uh, an Illuminati. They've always been there, secretly puppeteering Gotham from the shadows. Um, I could see them doing it a little differently in uh, this movie universe, just because um, I think it would be more realistic and interesting if they just saw this like the flooding and the destruction as like an opportunity to i don't know get a firmer grip on the city than they had previously or something like that where they're like an old institution but um now they're it, it's almost exposed them a little bit like it's brought them into the open a little bit which puts batman batman onto their scent you know what i mean and right. I can see that. And uh, then that puts them onto his, uh, into, into, uh, they put, that puts him into their sights. And they're like, oh, we got to deal with this guy before he causes trouble for us. And their whole thing is that they're, yeah, they're an Illuminati who's like, you know, all these uh, upper class folk from the city, but they have undead operatives called Talons that can go toe to toe with Batman physically. Um, and so you could you could probably just have like there's one talent that they use maybe not even undead just like a brainwashed soldier essentially and just have that be like the physical threat to Batman and then have the court itself be the the intellectual threat to him that he has to puzzle out and defeat that way. I could see them doing that because it's a, it's a yeah. popular um, I don't know what you want to call it villainous organization these days it's a more recent right one now. and it's a more it's a popular one these days they're in right now is yeah yeah i'm just looking through all the ones like black mask that'd be i'm uh, like another crime guy they already got penguin. he's another one who like straddles the line that the penguin does yeah where he's like because of his weirdness he's like yeah i guess i'm a super villain but really i just i'm just running my business i'm doing mob stuff yeah and zaz that would be you know more serial killer you know crazy guy type mm-hmm That'd be that'd be a wash. I definitely wouldn't want any kind of Razel Ghoul or anything. Oh, what about the? <laughs> He'd have to be like a. I don't know where they'd work him in. I want the guy with the, the ventriloquist. Is his name just the ventriloquist? Yes. 
Uh, I want him in there. That would be funny. Somewhere I don't know. Oh, Scarface is the name of the Scarface, puppet, right? But okay, like yeah, the, puppet, the ventriloquist yeah. is the name of the guy who yeah. puppets Scarface. Um, yeah, I don't know what they do with that fucking guy. <laughs> like, what would they even? What would be the story there? Unless he's just part of the, unless he's just a minor villain in another. Yeah, maybe it's just like the opening plot. scene, like Batman taking. I just want to see a little stupid puppet in the crazy. <laughs> I just loved him in the animated series. Okay, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely, like I said, the the ones I wouldn't want to see not not the Joker. Uh, I just don't know how they would do Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, in this universe, yeah, for yeah, sure. in this yeah in this universe, Killer Croc maybe maybe he's like a you could do like a experiment or something. You know, yeah, something like a yeah, becoming the monster sort of thing. Like my nature is 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 uh, becoming monstrous, and I you know. Yeah, it's it's off coming apart for me and save me that kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they got options. All right. Hey, man, well, if you think of any ones. others, yeah, he does have a good rogues gallery. You could you could pick something from there, and run and yeah. just have fun with you know coming up with a version that would fit in this universe. And if you think of any other uh, great ideas for that, just um, let me know and we'll record an addendum and uh, re-upload the podcast and uh, we'll just keep adding those on until we cover all our bases and then we'll for sure have predicted what the sequel will be about, okay? Yeah, all right, I'm done with that. I'll, yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a list by uh, tonight. Good. We never could have expected the Mad Hatter to be the primary villain of the Batman 2. Hats off to you. You know, I was reading. I was just reading him, but I seen like he has like powers. Well, not powers, but he uses like tech that like mind controls people. He that was a literally too far puts or top hats that mind control yeah. people. I was like, ah, oh, it's a little too far in this. His whole motivation is just that he wants an Alice because he likes Alice in Wonderland as a property. <laughs> like he just enjoys the franchise, so he's like, he's basically a an Alice in Wonderland otaku. Who stumbled upon mind control technology or invented it or whatever? He's just like, I want to live out my fantasy. Now that I, I kind of should see him putting a modern day twist on that, like some psychos just like uh, you know obsessed with consumerism. Hmm. I don't know. Somehow ropes Batman into it. That sounds a little like uh, the plot of The Incredibles too, although maybe not because I kind of forget The Incredibles too because it was a little bit forgettable. Uh, just but the sort Batman of mind control there. aspect. Yeah. yeah, just throw a Batman in. Why doesn't the Batman have a crossover with the Incredibles family? Come on. Come on, Brad that. Bird. But he's got um Bad Dog's got a movie coming out. Yeah, the the Super Pets. <laughs> uh, uh Ace bad the dog, Bat Hound, Super is that dog. who you're talking about? Well, yeah, Ace the Bat Hound, Super Dog, and uh Crypto. Yeah, Crypto Super Dog. I think there might be another one too. Isn't there like a oh, cat? Like a like a Sprinkles the cat or something. There's some, there's some orange cat or something like that. But well, I mean, Batman's in the movie as well. This is actually the next Batman movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves is playing Batman. What? Is yeah, that true? Movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a. I mean, it's a, a CG movie. Uh, what is it yeah. called? Yeah. Uh, dog movie. Bat dog movie starring called, Keanu Reeves. But I'm gonna find it. Called DC League of Super. Pets. Oh, 
Okay, that it is sense. coming out. Dwayne Johnson is voicing Crypto. Kevin Hart <laughs> voicing Ace. And you are. This is real. This and sounds like a joke, though. You understand yeah, that, right? No, this sounds exactly like a joke we would make. Uh, and uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves is Batman. Okay. I understand that he does like. Oh, dogs. we're gonna watch that, and that'll be our next solo podcast. Comes out May twentieth. League of Super Pets. <laughs> yeah, we'll have we'll have an hour and fifteen minute long conversation about DC League of Super Pets. Put it on your mark it on your calendar. Got other uh, famous voices such as Ben Schwartz and John Krasis, uh The Office. Yes, thank God. So uh, yeah, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> stay tuned. And on that note, John, do you have anything else that you want to say about the Batman? Uh, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah, it was a, it was a good movie. Again, probably my new my new favorite Batman film. Um, time will tell. But yeah, the thumbs the thumbs are up for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh well, thanks for listening. Uh go watch the Batman if you have not after all this. It's 3 hours long, so um enjoy. Yeah, you really should have watched it before this. But if you haven't, <laughs> go watch yeah, it what, now. Yeah, uh, what and uh yeah you can you can find us at uh at broken campfire on twitter you can email us with your batman opinions for the batman sequels at brokencampfire at gmail.com and check us out wherever podcasts are sold and rate us and stuff like that so thanks for listening see you next bat pod Ain't bad time, folks. Yeah, yeah. Do okay, but do it better. Like, do it, do it uh, like the uh, same. Like, like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me get. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Same bad pod. Same bad time. Right, but like, do, okay, but like, choose a different word for the like instead of time. Like, do, like do it better. Well, no, that's it. Cause it's the same time. Everyone watches this at the same time. Right. Same bad true. pod. So no, no, I fucked it up. No, it's too late. We're not. I'm done. <laughs>